Welcome to my podcast, Traumatic Transformations, where we help you find hope, peace, and purpose after a big life change or a traumatic event. I'm your host, Gunjani Patel, and I'm a licensed mental health therapist, trauma specialist, and a neuroscience nerd. Join me as I dive deep into resiliency, post-traumatic growth, and normalize mental health to reduce the stigma associated with it. In each episode, I plan to deliver science-backed, actionable tips and strategies so you can take back the control over your life and be inspired to be the best version of yourself with each day forward. So tune in every Tuesday for a featured guest and every Thursday for a solo episode with me, where we unpack mind, body, brain, and spirit connections related to each episode with the featured guest. Just a quick disclaimer before we begin today. The purpose of this podcast is to inform you, educate you, and raise your awareness. It is not intended to replace any medical advice or professional help seeking that you may need. So please use this information wisely and any opinion that I cast is not to replace any medical advice. And quickly before we start today, I just wanted to ask you a favor. If you like what you hear today, don't forget to subscribe so you never have to miss an episode. Thank you so much. And if you rate and review, it would really help us with the algorithm so people can easily search the show if they would like. So I would really love to hear your feedback and what you have to say uh, so I can bring you the content that's most fit for you. Thank you so much. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another brand new episode of Traumatic Transformations. I really appreciate you tuning in every week and allowing me to serve you. And so we can continue to be um, on this journey of Traumatic Transformations where we can bring in amazing speakers, especially like the one we have today. Um, Her name is Dr. Jennifer Shaw, and I can't wait to dive into some of the amazing things that she lives by the way she manages and handles stress and everything that she has to teach us about um, implementing daily disciplines in our life and all the things that she does as a way to really live an amazing life of uh, knowing, being emotionally intelligent and knowing how to manage her stress and anxiety uh, of the daily lives by implementing some of the things that she does. So I'm really excited. I really encourage you to um, stay tuned in all the way till the end because she has some amazing, amazing things to share and you do not want to miss that. So I really appreciate you trusting me every week to be a part of your journey uh, of becoming the best version of yourself. So thank you so much, Dr. Jennifer for being here today. Um, And I really can't wait to talk to you. Um, So I'm just going to take a second and introduce you a little bit and talk about, you know, what your background is, and then I'm going to let you talk, uh, take it from there. So Dr. Jennifer Shaw has been in the health and wellness field for over 17 years. She's a doctor of physical therapy, a keynote speaker for a billion dollar international health and wellness company, and a sought after yoga instructor with expertise in anatomy, alignment, and injury prevention. She helps her clients and customers break free of overwhelm through the creation of simple, sustainable, healthy habits and essential oils. She is passionate about this subject because in 2009, she was struck by a car while riding her bike and lived through eight months of pain pills. 
followed by years of chronic pain. She uses her journey back to thriving as a base of support for those she helps. So everything that we are all about on this podcast and thus I'm so excited to chat with her and learn everything that she has to offer in terms of science and all the wisdom that she has experienced. She also is, by the way, a podcast host. So we'll let her talk about all of that um, when uh, you know we get into this. So thank you, uh, Jennifer, for being here. And I really appreciate your time. My pleasure. My pleasure. I'm honored to be here. Thank you for having me. I think- oh, uh, conversation around trauma is so important, and I'm glad that you're spearheading it. Oh, thank you. Um, it's something that I feel passionate about. It's something that I feel that we need to normalize because even though you have this amazing, amazing background, it seems like you've been through some stuff and back. So, <laughs> you know, we all go through it at some point of our life. We don't intend it, but the people that we become as a result of it and the things that our struggles and pain teaches us, um, I think is what matters and who we become as a result of those things. So I really want to, you know, um, help people in their self-healing journey and, you know, becoming better versions of themselves as a process of their pain and struggles. So tell us a little bit about you. What was that like? I know you mentioned um, car accident and, you know, so certain things that you've been through in your life. So give us a little bit of a background of what your struggles and pain look like. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, you know, did, I checked all society's boxes. I was a good girl. You know, I, I went, you know, did really well in school. I was varsity cheerleading captain prom queen. You know, I went to college right after school and then right from undergrad, I went right into grad school I got my doctorate in physical therapy. While I was working on my degree, I was um, a professional cheerleader working for the largest cheerleading company in the world. And uh, I, I really was like, if you looked at my life from the outside, you're like, yeah, she's got everything. Like, like everything's going for her, right? And I, I finished school mm. and I get my dream job. My dream job as a physical therapist and I, in the city I want it to be in and everything. And I start my career and my third Monday, I was riding my bike in the morning and I got T-boned by a car Ugh. and I suffered a severe spinal cord injury, brain injury, brain stem injury, kind mm-hmm. of all the other back injuries that people complain about. Um, and I was, you know, welcomed into the medical system with open arms. I was given all the pills, all the prescriptions, you know, that one doesn't work. Well, we'll add another one in. Um, and it just kept, you know, being added and added. And I, I got to the end of eight months, I was taking 30 pills a day. Wow. And I was completely disabled. Um, I was 25 years old and I felt like the rug got pulled out from under me. I imagine. Yeah. And, and at that point, you're just, you're trying to survive. You're listening, you're doing what the doctors say. And then, you know, I'm getting to this point of frustration in my healing where I was like, every time I tell you guys something's wrong, you just hand me another prescription. Like this can't be the solution. And I remember a very pivotal day. I was sitting across from the head of neurosurgery for the medical system. um, One of the most popular medical systems here in San Diego and wonderful doctor, nothing against him, but I was just out of his wheelhouse. He didn't know what to do with me. Uh, and I remember saying, what's our long-term plan? He's like, long-term plan. He's like, sweetheart, you're lucky to be alive. Right. You're, wow. you're lucky to get to take bike in every day. And I was like, okay, well, this sounds horrible. Um, and I went home and I took all my meds and I put them in a shoebox and I put them up in the closet and I said, I'm done. Wow. I'm done. Okay. I'm not listening. Just like that. Anymore. Yeah, I just I had to take 
the reins. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, I went and decided to just take care of myself. And I lived in chronic pain, very severe chronic pain for over about five years. Mm -hmm. Um, And then over that time frame was when I kind of took the reins of my health and was like, let me try different things. And I got into all the things, yoga, acupuncture, meditation, mindfulness, became a yoga instructor, super reluctantly introduced to essential oils, doTERRA essential oils, um, five years after my accident. And I just remember laughing at the girl. I was talking to her yesterday, the girl that introduced me to oils. Uh, and I remember laughing at her. I was like, these aren't going to work. I was like, but I'll buy them just to prove you wrong. And she was like, okay, <laughs> she knew they'd work. <laughs> And within six weeks, I was pain-free for the first time, five and a half years. Um, And then that started going, you know, well, I started, I actually like accidentally started a business with that, was able to to build this income. Um, In that timeframe, I was still with the same man I'd been with for like, um, I was with him for a month before my accident and the relationship was good, but you know, I wasn't my best self. I was in chronic pain. I wasn't doing wonderful. And um, and I started to heal and I started to get better. And and now looking back, I can see like the, the like signs of control of like pulling me back, pulling me back. And then, you know, we'd been together for six and a half years and he proposed. So I said, yes. And then we got married and then we got married and it was like, I signed my life away mm. and our relationship became extremely emotionally abusive. I, um, Yeah. And it still is. I mean, I'm divorced now a year and a half and it's still extremely emotionally abusive. It's, it's, um, it's just something that I am so grateful I was able to get out of Mm. and I know many women aren't. Mm. So I I was told by my naturopath that it takes us 10 years physiologically to recover from a traumatic experience. If we have no other traumatic experiences within that timeframe. And I was like, okay, 11 and a half years out from my accident throw in an abusive marriage and, you know, all the other life stresses. I'm like, okay, I'm doing pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, given where you are now, yes, I would say you are doing pretty good. You know, Um, I mean, it's not for me to judge, but I'm glad that you feel that way. Um, Because, you know, again, trauma can be very difficult. And this is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show is because, you know, we don't realize it, but that a lot of our physical ailments and, you know, there are other people on the show that have talked about that. One of my other uh, amazing uh, shows was with um, this person called Jennifer Garman, and she was going through a lot of physical ailments and she healed herself with gratefulness and all the practice that now she teaches and passes forward. So, you know, I, and I've seen this in my own work in having done this work for over a decade that, you know, we don't we take this lightly, but trauma at some point has a way of physiologically affecting us. So I'm not going to get into the detail of this, but I'm going to let you get into detail of that. So it's a perfect segue. Tell, tell us a little about that. How is How does our body store trauma physiologically? So the interesting thing is I'm very self-taught in trauma and how yep. our body is affected by trauma, right? Yep. Uh, but when we look at just the way stress impacts our body when we are dealt a stressful situation, right? That stressful situation causes us to have a reaction to stress. Yeah. That reaction is both emotional and physiological. Yeah. So we don't just get upset about stress, but if you actually pay attention and you think about it, like think about driving down the highway and someone almost cutting you off, your heart races, Mm -hmm. your stomach knots, um, you're sweating, Mm -hmm. your, your respiratory is 
your like focus is like laser focus. You get like chills. You're like, oh, I am, I am ready to take on the world. I will not be taken down by this flight, fight or flight moment. Like your muscles are all tensed up. You are ready. Your digestion system just stops because all that energy runs to your extremities. Yeah. Now what we don't realize is that we actually have to consciously shut that fight or flight off. Mm. We have have the capacity to do it. Does our body have the capacity to do it on its own? Yes. If you're not confronted with stressful situations on a regular basis. Um, But when we are consistently repeated stressors are coming into our lives, these reactions to stress cause wear and tear in our body and organ systems, right? Uh, It reduces our optimal health. And then the magical thing is that it increases our sensitivity to stress. Mm. So the next stressful situation is worse around the cycle. So we all can relate to a situation where we are like someone drops something on the floor and it's not even a big deal, but it is what throws us over the edge. It is like the world. And it's because we've been riding this stress cycle for so long. It's that whole saying, the straw that broke the camel's back. Right. Um, and our body remembers all of this. Our body is capacity to come back. So if you have a history of trauma in my personal experience, and if you read, you know, one of the books that I, I felt like I was heard first time in my life, uh, about some of my trauma when I read the body keeps the score. Oh, that's um, my favorite book ever all time. Yeah, I mean, it's an incredible book. And when I read it, I was like, Oh, you get me. Oh my God. This book yes. understands. Me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just Bessel so... Vendercock. I mean, that is he, Dr. Bessel Vendercock, but um, amazingly written book for everybody who has endured even the slightest trauma, even for small T people. I think everybody needs to read that book. Yeah. And, you know, on that note, we've talked about this before. Is I think the only person that has the capacity to determine the level of trauma you've been through is you. Oh. Uh, there's no scale that says like, okay, well, um, an abusive marriage is here. Sexual assault is here. Abuse from your parents is here. Like there's no chart that says that that's not something that I can tell you. That's not something that your therapist can tell you. Like you you have to decide what level that is in trauma for you. So if you haven't had a lot of bad in your life, a little thing might seem very traumatic to you. Whereas if someone's had a lot of heart in their lives, a little might be like, (laughs) It's, you know, just a drop in the bucket, no big deal, but that's not for anybody else to judge or anybody else to say. But, you know, one of the things I learned in that book that just blew my mind. And I I worked with my therapist on this idea too. And I, I just was so fascinated by it. When you have a history of trauma, your body cannot tell the difference between trauma and excitement, between fear and excitement, Right anxiety and excitement. So you, and this was something that was just mind blowing to me as I was kind of finding more joy in my life, but I was having trauma responses. And I'm like, why is something so beautiful causing my body to go into trauma? And it's because of this repetitive cycling around that stress cycle Mm -hmm. and our autonomic nervous system being dysregulated that we we can't even tell the difference. A good yeah. event throws our body into fight or flight when we have a history of trauma. Yep. And I was like, oh, this is like game changer for me. So <laughs> I was able then to take a step back and say, okay, like Jen, put my hand. And for me, I found that if I put my hand on my chest 
Yes. And I take a deep breath and I talk to myself and I can tell myself like, you know, that was then this is now you're safe or, you know, like there's been bad, but this is good. Like I'm able to kind of calm myself down and say like, this is not a fight or flight situation. You're okay. Absolutely. Um, So I do that usually with my hand. I do it with the oils, but uh, when I, when you recognize that, Trauma changes the way your body interprets stress. That's a game changer. Yes. And these are the things that I think, along with the meds that you were talking about earlier, I think it's the missing link that we don't get information or pamphlet as in it's so important and it's such a multidisciplinary. And I think that's where the Western medicine sometimes in terms of some of these chronic illnesses and pain medicine, I think fails us because, you know, we don't focus on some of these trauma informed reactions that our body and brain has as a result of enduring so much pain. It's like, we look at it from such a tunnel vision point of view where you're like, okay, you're experiencing pain meds, but then there are all these deep things that are happening in terms of neuroscience in our body, you know, um, neurological effects that affect us and our bodies and the way we handle it. So I really like what you said earlier, because this is a perfect segue into, you know, talking about the, um, autonomic nervous system and a parasympathetic nervous system, which is a relaxation response, which I know you were like really amazing at explaining and teaching. So I want to get into that, but I really like what you said in terms of, because I'm also very big in energy medicine and I really believe in emotions are energy in motion. And we don't process through some of the emotions that we're carrying. Um, We, we, keep distance ourselves from rewiring our brain differently. So like you were saying, you know, uh, uh, anxiety and excitement are the same feelings and our body cannot tell the difference because in the brain, some of the, you know, things that light, some parts of our brain that light up are very similar. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that. But as a result of that, I think it's important then as a part of healing process is to reteach and reprogram your subconscious and your um, you know, the reptilian parts of your brain or, you know, the, the, the five parts of your brain that are triggered as a part of, as a result of trauma um, and teach yourself emotional regulation in teaching yourself emotional intelligence by saying, Hey, you know what, maybe these are the things that I'm feeling and just, just tuning in to the sensations that you're feeling in your body as a result of anxiety or stress or, you know, excitement. So just knowing whether it's like a good, you know, energy vibe, or is it not a good vibe? And if it's not, then just allowing yourself to calm down, like you said, putting your hands because, you know, they say that they're um, in the Eastern medicine, I'm really big into that, uh, that, you know, the whole um, meridians and your heart chakra and all of that, you really those those energies are imbalanced, which causes all this disrupt. So I really think that in order to reteach ourselves some of these uh, trauma responses and relaxation responses um, is very important. So thank you for mentioning how to just, you know, put your hands on your heart, just giving, giving yourself affirmations and rewiring your brain by saying, Hey, I'm okay. I'm safe. Things are going to be okay. And I'm going to be calm as a result of what I just experienced really rewire some of the things in your brain. So thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. So tell us a little um, bit about parasympathetic nervous system and the relaxation responses. What can, how can we rewire our, that part of our brain as a result of some of the daily disciplines that we do or, you know, 
uh, that you practice as a result of um, teaching yourself the difference? So the autonomic nervous system, we'll talk about two specific branches underneath the autonomic nervous system, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. So we're all very familiar with the sympathetic. That's our fight, flight, or freeze. This is what our stress and our fear response send us, sends us into. And if you have a history of trauma, yep. your happy excitement, your joy response can send you over there as well. Yep. Um, now, our body, I'm going to make a generalization that 99.9% yeah. .9 of people in the world don't have problems getting into fight, flight, or freeze, right? <laughs> like most of us have, there's very few people in the world whose body doesn't even register stress yeah, or register yeah. pain, yeah. right? There's yeah. some things that people have that, that does cause those, yep. those concerns, right? Yeah. But for the most part, we're all like, no, 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 we're good. We pick up stress. We're fine with it. We don't need more of it. Right. But what we don't have a good grip on in our society is how to move over to our parasympathetic, yeah. our rest and rest, right? Uh, so when you look at the two of them, um, the, the sympathetic reaction comes from the spinal cord. It yep. comes from a very um, quick response layer of our body. And mm -hmm. it's act quick to act quick to act almost like like i said we have to kind of sometimes be like hey come back down we're good right it's like you think about a dog that like hears the littlest noise and they start barking and you're like you know like you know that person like yeah. you know that the garbage truck comes it's yeah. everything's fine pop right you're good like right. we, our bodies kind of have that same reaction so so that is that quick response where our parasympathetic is more rooted in our brainstem and the, the base of our spinal column. So we have more of a, a slow conscious response yep. to enact the parasympathetic nervous system. Yep. Yep. What happens with the parasympathetic nervous system? This is rest and digest. This is our digestive system, our airways. This is settling things down, lowering our heart rates, um, letting our digestive system do its job, uh, bringing our pupils back to like normal dilation. This is where we want to be. This is peace, mm. right? Mm. Ah. Right. Now, here's an interesting thing. If you're living in fight or flight, you're in sympathetic firing, mm. And you're sitting there saying, I can't lose weight. I, no matter how much I work out, um, Bad relationships. yeah, you're like, you're just duplicating the stress, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Your body is in fight or flight. Your digestive system's turned off. Your hormonal system isn't functioning properly. Like your body's just not functioning the way it should. Your endocrine system is not able to manage that constant state of fight or flight. So we need to consciously as a society, learn how to bring ourselves into parasympathetic. Um, now there's a few different things that I like to teach for this. There's so many different ways we can oh, do it, but there's definitely a few highlights that I love, right? Okay. Smell is one of them. Aroma is so powerful. The amygdala is a part of our brain that processes emotions, right? Um, so we have this direct pathway through the olfactory bulb in our nose to the amygdala to help us get immediate processing of emotions. Now, when we have a scent that we are grabbing and we train our body and train our mind that it is a relaxing thing, then as soon as we smell it, our body goes, ooh. Oh, we're relaxed mode. So a great example of this is every single night I diffuse 
a very similar essential oil blend. It's usually doTERRA Serenity and doTERRA Breeze. Sometimes it's doTERRA Lavender and doTERRA Breeze, but it's a very similar aroma and it, it gets diffused every single night. Now, when that diffuser goes on and that scent fills my room, my body goes, oh, yay, it's time to relax. We're going to take a shower. We're going to read a book. We're going to go to bed. And it just like almost talks, like my brain talks to me like a toddler. It's like, yay, we made it through the day. <laughs> now this, like knowing this scent and this aroma and having it so triggered within my like subconscious brain means when I travel time zones, as soon as that diffuser blend goes in, I start to get relaxed and tired, right? Like my body just knows. So we can open up an, an oil and we can smell it. Um, so like, for instance, doTERRA's Balance the Grounding Blend is a very stabilizing grounding oil. I can smell a few deep breaths of this and within five to seven seconds, I'm going to notice a calming sensation over my body. Mm. So using those settling scents, so like grounding oils that are like root oils, so like trees and root oils are, are very grounding, like frankincense and balance are two of my favorites. Floral oils like lavender or um, even like geranium, rose, like any of those are super calming, super settling. So, so aroma are first ways to be able to help settle our bodies. Now, if we couple that aroma with some other things, we can really trigger our parasympathetic nervous system to kick in. Mm. Uh, so we have the capacity through our vagal nerve. So we have, you know, 12 cranial nerves. We have the vagus nerve. That's one of them. Yep. And it's one of the largest nerves in the body. And it goes down through the diaphragm. Um, and triggering of this nerve helps us to kick into parasympathetic or rest and digest. So how do we do that? Uh, the best example I can give is if you've been to a yoga class and you take a really good yoga class and, and it's intense, you get a workout. Uh, and this is something that separates yoga from other workouts. Mm. You have that great workout, you're, you sweat, you're, it was a good, like, yes, I feel good. And then your teacher starts to bring it down. It's grounding. You bring, we call it the grounding series, mm. bring it down to the mat. We do some stretching. We do some deep breathing, some supine twists. We get your hips above your heart and either shoulder stand or bridge pose. My favorite is bridge pose with a block under the hips, supported bridge. And you breathe there slow. Like you're not just in the pose for two or three breaths. You're in the pose for like 10 or 15 breaths. Now, all of that, if done well, triggers your parasympathetic nervous system to kick in. So when you get to Shavasana, the corpse pose, the ending pose, you don't even like, you're just out. You're oh, relaxed, right? Yeah. Cause your parasympathetic nervous system is kicked in. So how do we do that at home? Well, first off, we breathe into our bellies. Mm -hmm. So I always say, take your left hand on your heart, your right hand on your belly. Mm -hmm. And now take a breath. That's don't right. even think about it. Just yep. And you might notice most likely your left hand raised and not your right. Right. I, a little I bit could die from meditating. So yes. Better than most people. You're yes. good. Yeah. Most people sitting there listening. You're, you're their, the way to do the right breathing, the way I was taught or the way I teach people is that you, when you put your hand on your stomach, when you're inhaling, your stomach should exhale. I mean, your stomach should balloon up. And then when you're yep. exhaling, it should go all the way in and sucked in. So you are just exhaling all of that energy that you've been keeping in. So the exactly. breathing is important, but it's really important 
to in order to rewire your subconsciouses and activate your parasympathetic, you have to do the breathing right. If you don't do breathing right, then you hyperventilate and cause yourself anxiety. But if you do, it cause more fight or flight. Right, right. So it's really, and you know, and it really helps the neuron rewire your brain and activate the parasympathetic nervous system more easily than, um, you know, having activated sympathetic system, which is fight or flight, which just gets activated every so often um, if we don't teach ourselves. And this comes with consistency. So it's like, you can't be like, oh, I I was breathing, you know, once a week I breathe. No, you have to sit here and in the beginning, teach yourself, like people who experience high amounts of anxiety, I really tell them that you have to do five or six breaths, four, four, six, inhale, out, you know, inhale, hold, exhale, the method that I teach people is that you just have to take a deep breath. Whenever you are feeling activated, just pause, take a dip, think of a big stop sign in your head, close your eyes and just take a deep inhale and notice this amazing calming energy going in, hold that for four seconds, and then just take a good exhale for six seconds just nice and slow with your making sure that you're doing it right with your stomach you know going up pushing out when you're breathing in and stomach going in all the way when you're breathing out so thank you so much for mentioning that yeah and that's why i do the hands i do the left hand on the chest the the belly so most of the time when people start trying this they realize their left hand's moving and their right hand's actually like sucking in when they breathe in. Yep. 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 And then that's where you're saying the exact same thing is we really want that right hand to push out, like make a Buddha belly, big Buddha belly, breathe in and then exhale and keep that breath going into the belly. Now, if you couple that with an essential oil in your diffuser or in your hands, um, you're able to trigger the amygdala while triggering the vagus nerve, which is double triggering your parasympathetic to kick Absolutely. on. It's going to be, and you know, one of the things that I just wanted to mention my to my audience, because I know you know that, but really, did, did you guys know that smell is the only sense out of, you know, eyes, like vision, auditory, touch, um, kinesthetic, and mouth, smell is the only... Uh, sense that hits the amygdala, which is a fight or flight. You know, it's like the gateway of oh, there's a threat, there's a bear, there's a stress. Or you know, part of our brain. So, like you said, it goes directly to our olfactory nerve and you know into the amygdala. So, smell is one of the fastest way that you can you know decompress and activate your parasympathetic nervous system. So, whatever your choice of smell might be, some people like incense, some people like candles, some people like oils. I'm very big into oils and you know I love that um, part of my like every room you walk into as soon as you walk into my house it's really important that you know every room has a calming energy and a smell about it because really it can help and you know it's like we thrive to go to spas and one of the big things that they do in spas is aromatherapy and there is a reason why they do that so you can do that at home too and especially during these times since you you know we can't venture out much but just incorporating those smells whatever they may be for you um really important um, in in activating your relaxation responses. Mm, So good. Yes, 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 yes. So well said. Um, Yeah. And it's just that, that coupling, like layering. So when we, we layer these things on top of each other, they're even more beneficial, right? So we have the scent as our first line of, of um, care for our parasympathetic. Then we add in the belly breathing, specifically deep belly breathing. Yep. Then um, on top of that, another trick that you can layer 
that makes this even more impactful is getting your hips above your heart. Mm. So uh, I love doing legs up the wall. So yes. you lay flat on the floor with your legs up the, the wall. Um, I love doing supported bridge where you're taking a block and putting it under your pelvis. Now you guys can Google these. I'm sure you can find great images online. Uh, but these are great things that you can do that layer in with these, you know, one on top of the other to just add more impact. So imagine breathing in an essential oil for a minute. Now imagine belly breathing in essential oil for a minute. And then imagine belly breathing in an essential oil with your legs elevated above your heart, the relaxation you can bring your body. Oh, so I would just uh, pass out after that. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. So one of the things I, I want to share with your listeners, because I think it's so important just coming from my background as a physical therapist and um, this idea of stress is, is many people's, we all have coping mechanisms mm-hmm. and coping mechanisms are not a, necessarily a bad thing. It just I think depends. they're great things. They're like tools in your toolbox to have when you, you know, when exactly. you're actually intelligent, you want to have these toolbox instead of blowing up at people or, you know, living in anxiety or having panic attacks or not knowing what to do when you're hit with big, uncomfortable, dark feelings, because they all happen. Yeah. I mean, especially after okay. trauma, we have to learn good coping skills in order to function and good. live our um, best life. Yeah. And I think just cope the word coping skill or coping like mechanism gets like a bad rap because we think of things immediately like alcohol, drugs, yep. uh, avoidance, right? So, you know, all the things like there's, there's some there, really good ones. The opposite of coping skills, actually. <laughs> yes. But I, I feel like a lot of times people confuse that, right? But one of the ones I want to highlight is intense workout. Mm. If you have a history of trauma, if you have a history of high levels of stress, if you have maintained a place of fight or flight, um, there's research that actually shows going into um, kind of intense exercise, uh, HIIT training can Mm. make your symptoms worse. Um, Getting your heart rate above like 140 can make your symptoms worse. So when I have a trauma response, just to use a personal example, because I always think we learn better that way. Mm. When I have a trauma response, I get triggered by something. It causes me a trauma response. Um, Sometimes that lasts me 24 hours. Sometimes that lasts me two weeks. Now, when I'm in that trauma response and I'm working through the emotions and I'm healing them, I'm speaking with um, a therapist if that's what's going on in my life, or I'm doing different patterning to help manage and communicate and heal that trauma that's coming up and work through it. When I am in that response and I feel as though I'm in that elevated level of stress, I do no intense workout. I work out, but I do lots of breaks between my sets and I ensure my heart rate never gets above 140. Um, I lessen the frequency of my workouts Mm -hmm. and I really pay attention to my physical health. One of the other things I do is I take adaptives, doTERRA's adaptive capsules that Mm -hmm. actually help us with our stress response Mm -hmm. when I'm in those trauma responses and especially on days that I'm going to work out. Mm -hmm. So why am I bringing this up for you guys? If you have been through trauma, you are in a, a regular state of fight or flight and you're still struggling to get out of that. Mm-hmm. I know that you think working out is your answer right now, but I beg you to take a couple weeks back and do some more. You can still do legs and arms and all the things. I think you building up. Go- yeah, but but I, I really recommend getting on your yoga mat. Mm-hmm. I really recommend taking a walk outside, doing a gentle swim in Absolutely. the water. 
Um, these are really, really powerful things because here's, here's the, the key to all of this. If you don't get your body out of fight or flight, you will not meet your physiological goals that you have. I actually find that when I take a step back, when I'm going through a trauma response and I lessen the intensity of my workouts, I'm actually more fit at the end of it than if I had just like pushed through like I used to for years. So I just always think that's a really important thing to mention. So amazing. Pause and listen to our bodies and know when it's time to not do intense exercise. I want to really emphasize this that you, you know, you just said, because I really love it because I'm very big into the use of exercise. And I know exercise gets such a bad rap um, when it comes to one of the things for anxiety and depression and trauma. But um, I love that your obviously your expertise is uh, physical therapy and, you know, just with your own trauma background and how you teach people exercise, because I think sometimes we get we want to be in that mode of, you know, ultimate pushing yourself and in intense workout exercises. But I, I, I like what you said about listening to your body. Sometimes I think it's really important. And that's just part of mindfulness living and, you know, as a part of healing when you are in that part of your journey where you learn over time to listen to what your body is saying. Emotions are our body's way of telling us the physical sensations that are happening. They're the alert system in our body um, that tell us that, hey, you know, your palms are sweating, you're breathing fast, your heart rate is going up, you're almost having a panic attack, you can't breathe. So all of those different things, there's a part of our brain called insula, which it, which helps us feel into our body, which is very close to cingulate, you know, the part that is responsible for emotional regulation of our brain. And all those parts are affected as a being, as a result of being in trauma and your amygdala constantly firing and dysregulating these parts of your brain. So when you're, when the insula kicks in, and if you don't listen to your body, it's going to continue firing and misfiring, even like you said, when the, the, res- the trauma response is not triggered. So it's really important in order to regulate that part of your brain and bring it back to its baseline or better. I think it's really important that we tune into our bodies and listen to what it's trying to say to us. And then, you know, modify or optimize our workouts, our exercises, or our relaxation response scales to those, to where we can meet our bodies, you know, as opposed to pushing it. And, uh, and, you know, one of the ways that I practice that is just telling myself, like, you know, even in my, like, if I, if I feel off in my body or if I just feel like, eh, man, I'm having a blah day, I just tell myself, you know what? Today's a mental health day. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to push myself. Just go out for a walk, sit with my plants or garden my plants or do something that is still healing or just grounding, but yet not pushing myself to be better or to be more, or to be perfect or doing this or doing that. And that just causes more stress and anxiety because I'm not listening to what my body is trying to tell me. Um, so yeah. I really, really love that you said that, that, you know, and the other part of exercise, since uh, we've never talked about that on the show, and I really think it's, it's a perfect uh, place to mention this because I really, I love that you mentioned yoga earlier and, you know, intense workout because one of the, and we've all known that exercise has benefits and most of the time exercise, you know, people make it about weight loss and stuff, but exercise really in, it's such a big part. And I tell my people as, uh, you know, my trauma people as a part of their healing journey is that exercise is really known to rewire your brain 
by producing not just endorphins that, you know, the, and, you know, all these um, neurotransmitters that make you feel good um, or releases these hormones and, you know, things in your body as a way, even if it's just 40 minute walk, it still does rewires your brain and, you know, causes all these relaxation responses in your body. And we really reprogram your brain to, um, learning how to be more emotionally intelligent and learning how to cope with your traumas when they're coming up. It also releases, there's, you know, there's this whole concept of neurogenesis is where you can, it makes new neurons in your brain where, because after trauma, one of the things that we see is, you know, our brain structure changes when, when, you know, people who are affected by PTSD, when you do MRIs and fMRIs on their brains, you can really see their hippocampus, their cingulate, their insula, their amygdala, they're all dysregulated and, you know, some of them atrophy and like brain changes happen in your brain, um, which we don't account too much because we were just like, oh, it's all in the head. Let me just, you know, think my way out of the trauma and it doesn't work. And then you get frustrated even more because you're just like, I'm trying so hard and it's not happening, but you're trying so hard in the wrong direction. And thus you get, get, get yourself more frustrated as a result of that. So brain, um, exercise produces these chemicals called BDNF, which are responsible for forming new neurons. So when you have new neurons, then if you reprogram your brain as a part of coping and say, hey, you know what, like you said, like I just smell things and I just automatically calm down. Down because you've learned now that that's your new coping response to stress as opposed to what you were doing earlier or didn't know what to do earlier. Uh, and you just took pain pills or, you know, you just didn't know what to do when you found yourself in that um, hard, painful moment in your life. So just stepping back, pausing, doing, you know, taking a few walk, taking a few walks or just breathing and doing all the things that you mentioned earlier can be so, so, so beneficial as a part of just beginning small steps that you can do. Um, one of the other things I know that we're almost ending, but I'm gonna, I, I can't leave you without talking to you about meditation because obviously that's a topic that I love, I practice and I like want everybody to you know, know. Um, so what, are, what is your take on meditation? Okay, I'm actually gonna, answer that question in one second, but I'm going to segue it with this because if you're sitting here saying, yeah, 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 you guys are cool. And you're telling me not to do intense exercise, even though I have trauma and stress, but I'll like literally melt if I don't, like I have to, if mm-hmm. you insist on doing the intense exercise while in your traumas end with a meditation practice. Mm. Okay. Yes. End your workout with a meditation practice. Now, I think that should answer my question on how I feel about meditation. Meditation is an essential part of life. And I think um, many times it is an overcomplicated thing. I will tell you my personal meditation practice. I love it. It changes each and every day, but it starts the same every single day. Before I get out of bed, before my phone doesn't stay in my room anyway, but before I look at my phone, before I read a book, before I shower, before I do anything, I lay in bed. And I do a body scan and I check in with my energy centers, my chakras. Mm -hmm. Um, You can just generally check in with what areas of your body feel tense if you don't have as much information about the chakras. Um, But I do a scan and I actually release and let go anything that's holding tension in any of those centers. And I replenish it with some beautiful bright light, um, some breath, some focus, Mm -hmm. some love, some gratitude. And I do a whole body scan. And then from there, 
I just kind of settle and I see how my mind feels for the day. And I usually end with a visualization practice of some of the goals I'm working on, what I want my day to look like, um, what I want to accomplish in that day. I can tell you that some mornings that takes me five minutes, takes me 15, depending on how much junk I have going on. But that is how I start every single day. It doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be cumbersome. It doesn't to be you sitting like a monk in a perfectly quiet place where no one bothers you, you know, with flinching when the fly lands on your face and all these stories we tell ourselves about meditation. It doesn't have to be any of that. Yep. It just has to be you checking in with your body. Um, so you can meditate while you're sitting in the doctor's office waiting for your turn to go in with your eyes closed. No one will care. No yeah. one cares what you're doing. They don't care what they're doing, right? Like you can do this sitting in your car. Yeah, you can do this on a walk. You can... Like there's so many different ways to meditate, but I think the the moral of this story for me is do it. Absolutely. And the way I think of meditation is that, you know, there are so many different practices. Again, people think it's all about sitting, sitting like a monk and just clearing your head and people complain about, I can't clear my head, but it's just, the idea is like, let's say I'm just going to leave my viewers with this. Um, or my listeners with this today, is that if you, like, let's say if you were doing your favorite activity, right, either it was gardening or swimming or running or playing with your kids or, you know, just you were completely immersive, cooking for some people, knitting, reading a book, whatever it is that you are doing, if you are thoroughly enjoying and lost in that activity, where you let go of everything that you are holding on to for the day or for the moment or um, whatever it is that you're going through in that period of life. And if you just let go and release the things and are mindful that you are completely turning into content and bliss part of your life, that's meditation. Where you let go of things that you are holding on to that doesn't belong to you for that day anymore, that you don't need to hold on to, and you just let go of all of that from yesterday. That's meditation. I think we overcomplicate it and we make it so much you know, bigger than it is, but it has so many benefits. If you just start to implement some of these practices that Jennifer mentioned today and just some of the things that we talked about can completely switch your life around. So um Thank you for coming on the show and talking to us about all the amazing things you have talked about. So tell us a little bit about you. We'll end the show with where people can find you and how they can get a hold of you. Absolutely. So um, my, I'm most active on Instagram, natural wellness, T-I-P-S. Um, and then you can also head to my website. It's drjennifershaw.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you go to drjennifershaw.com and you check out my events page, you'll see each month I run a monthly stress and anxiety workshop um, where I dive super deep into these topics and some of my favorite tool habits. Um, it's an interactive workshop. It's tons of fun. Um, it. It's about two hours long and you will walk away with so many ahas and tools. Um, so I run one every single month. Um, It's usually the last Thursday of the month, but check it out. You can find on my website, Dr. Jennifer Shaw. um, And you can also find that link on my Instagram, natural wellness tips, head over, say hi, let me know what you, you learned and what you liked. And then, you know, stay in touch with me over there. 
Oh, I love it. So it's J J E N N I F E R S H A W. And then her Insta handle is natural wellness tips, T I P S with an S at the back. So find her on Insta, find her on Facebook. She's everywhere. She's an amazing resource and an amazing, amazing person um, who can really help you be accountable if you need it to be, but she has lots to offer. And I'm so glad that she was able to be a part of the show. So thank you so much for Jennifer for coming on. And thank My you. Pleasure. So thank you for having me. Oh, it's more than a pleasure. I would love to have you back. Uh, (laughs) um, Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in today. And I really wish you all the health and all the wellness and all the healing coming your way. So thank you so much for tuning in today. And um, until next time, see you Thursday. And until then, stay blessed.